You are listening to the Photo Bomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photo Bomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Yo, Boo Boo. Hey, Boo Boo. What? <laughs> aren't you? Aren't you on your way to? When? When are you leaving? Aren't you supposed to be leaving soon to go to yeah. uh, to Italy? Yeah, I've only got like three uh, 16-hour days of work before then, but no, no big deal. Um, yeah, leaving uh, leaving this week to go to Italy. I'll be go- I'll be I'll be on vacation slash workation for the first week for two weeks with the fam, roaming wow. around the Italian countryside in uh, grandpa clothes. It's I can't be awesome. uh, I can't uh, wrap my head around two weeks of vacation. Yeah, no, I I can't. Well, the first week is our onward to adventure retreat, which I will technically be working because I'm supposed to, you know, like show people stuff and take people places. But the second week is our vacation, so we're going on. Not that like hanging out at an Italian villa for a week is like a crappy way to spend your work week, but you know, it's a pretty relaxing work week. But yeah, we've been slammed. I've been working twelve to sixteen hour days pretty much every day leading up to it. And here on Sunday, I was even working today. I had a production meeting. For a conference that we're shooting, the one that you helped me shoot last year in Vegas. Well, it's in Orlando again this year, and I'm uh, shooting at that, and we had to go meet them out on a Sunday, and I hate working on a Sunday. I yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm a little spoiled. I mean, every once in a while there's a wedding on a Sunday, but I really kind of would just prefer it. if I, I'm, I don't like having to do the podcast on Sunday, to be honest. <laughs> I really would like it if I could just, from the minute I get up Sunday to the minute I go to bed, just not do any work. And it's the best day to ignore your email. Because most people really thing. don't expect you to reply. On, yeah, know, there is like when I get into the weekend, the torrent of emails that I get on a daily basis that somebody just sort of turns the, the spigot off. Yeah. And then I get I, – I, the only emails I get are from my like spam monitor. <laughs> I get like three of those a day. I'm like, ooh, I got an email. Nope, no, nope, it's just to let me know no spam has come through. Like nobody even spams you on the weekend. Yeah, like, right? Just, even the spammers <laughs> take Sunday off? Yeah. It's fantastic. Okay, so yeah, it's, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Man. No, 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 go ahead. no you. you go ahead. No, no please, no, please. You. Age before no, you. beauty. No, you. Okay, no, no you. You. No, you. Oh, no, you. please. No, you. you. Please, I insist. No, you. I insist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I think most people know what our topic is going to be for today's podcast because we got uh, dr- drama on the horizon. We got a little bit of a drama thing happening in the uh, competitive uh, photography world. Um, I was, I'll go right out in front, right off the bat, and say that I think it's being a little overdramatized. You know, that people are, people love a little, ooh, you know. Uh, but let's, uh, but let's get into it a little bit. Would you like to uh, brief well, the peoples the, okay. on what's going yeah. on? Okay, I give you the background. We're calling it. I haven't heard it called this. I'm just calling it this. Shuttergate. Shuttergate. We're calling it Shuttergate. Not Shutterfest so, Gate. Not Shutterfest. No Shuttergate. Shuttergate. Three right. words: Water, Watergate, Shuttergate. You know, that's all there is to it. I like gate. I like to have a gate. <laughs> you used to have one at your old place. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? No, I, there's oh, a, there's like a callback. Like Whoo, there's a deep callback. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like <laughs> I like to have a gate. Like a contra- me. you would like to have a controversy. Do like you guys, Boo- do you guys hear about Bouray Gate? Boo Gate, <laughs> Boo Gate, yeah, or something like that. Boo-gate. That'd be nice. Bouray Gate doesn't roll off the tongue that much. No, just call it Boo Gate. Boo Gate. Boo Gate. Hear about Boo Gate? The subpoenas Boo-gate. went out. Subpoenas went out today. Yeah, some subpoenas were out already. In Boo Gate. <laughs> All right. So go ahead and yes. give give us the rundown on on Shuttergate. 
Okay, so basically, Shutterfest is a great, fun, awesome conference. And and full disclosure, I was a paid instructor at Shutterfest this recently, just a couple of weeks ago. So um, I was in the building for when this sort of began, but it didn't really break until later. So here's what happens: your, su- your like, subpoena will be arriving later this my week. Su- my subpoena, my subpoena is out. <laughs> yes. So- Listen, just keep your subpoena in your pants. My subpoena is a matter of public record. Anybody can see my subpoena if they want to. Anybody can log on to the internet and look at at my subpoena. Wow. It's there. It has to be made available to the public. Okay. So there's a competition, much like any other uh, uh, conference. There's an image competition. And so Shutterfest is owned and, uh, and... by Sal Sincata, Salvatore Sincata, who is a, who is a very highly awarded and decorated and and pretty well known photographer in the industry, and it is a for profit conference. So it is like he puts it on, he brings a bunch of people in to speak, has a great party. The whole focus of it is learn, shoot, party, build your portfolio. But there's also an image competition. So the long and the short of it is that this image competition, which is part of this for profit convention. They announced just a few days ago the um, the winners. So the the first place, second place, third place, the grand award winners, and and at this for profit conference, unlike some others, there are big big prizes for people who win this competition, including cameras and many other things. So um, the email went out. A link got posted in the um, event page on Facebook, and it was here are the winners. And as I looked and I logged in and I saw. Um, the grand award winner was Sal Sincata. And then I looked down and I looked in different categories, first places and second places. There were 11 different awards out of I don't know how many categories in different places were held by Sal Sincata. And I thought at the time, I thought, okay, that's a little odd. I said I probably wouldn't be too pleased if I had competed or attended and that when this was something that I was doing. But then again, I totally didn't even think about it. And apparently what happened at that same time, I was just like clicking on something else and totally forgetting about it was the entire damn internet just lost its damn mind. (laughs) (laughs) So there have been like hundreds, thousands of comments and emails and rage back and forth about people, this guy who owns the conference, who profits from the success of this conference competing in the competition that he owns and profits from and then winning a right. bunch of awards. And so this is where this controversy there's there's all kinds of you know opinions back and forth but it's been so I've seen it so many times posted it's come up in my Facebook feed that I thought let's ask about it on the Facebook page and see what some of our listeners think and let's you and I kind of put our stuff out there uh, for people to hear about on the show. So that's that's basically where we're at. We're going to talk about what we think about it. We're going to read some uh, some some listener comments from our Facebook page, and basically, sort of, we're going to get into Shuttergate. We're going right. to get right right into the right into the meaty heart of Shuttergate. Sal has also uh, replied uh, to some of the allegations and uh, written some stuff about it himself. And I want to go on the record as saying that I don't know Sal. I've never met Sal, and if I ran over him with my car, I wouldn't know who he was. No I met idea. him at the at the at the conference no for idea. like ten ten seconds. I met him at the conference. No idea. And other other than that, I'd never met him before in my life. Um, but uh, some of the things uh, here's my here's my take here's my take on it. Um, first of all, you know, like one of the things that he said in defense was he said that uh, you know the folks at PPA who run the PPA competition they compete in the competition. Judges at PPA compete in the competition. Yes, that is true. However, PPA is a nonprofit organization. There is no if you if you pay a fee to compete in the PPA competition, you don't in any way get that fee back 
because you're a judge or because because there's I mean even the board of directors doesn't get paid for the PPA. Whereas Sal, they charge. I'm pretty sure it's 100 percent true that the international photographic competition is not a cash cow. No, <laughs> that's definitely not a cash cow. It loses money. And but here's the thing. But but if Sal, if this is his competition. Then it's like twenty five bucks an image, I think, to enter, or thirty five bucks an image, I think, something like so that. So if yeah. he spends three hundred dollars so that he can enter in every category, he gets the three hundred dollars back. So that's one little thing that would bother me a little bit. Is basically, I have to pay to enter your competition, but you get to enter as many times as you like for free. Now he said, he, yeah, he says because he, he said one of the defenses he said was he says my credit card was charged. Yes, it was, and then you got a check at the end of the whole thing that included the money that was paid off of your credit card well, for you to enter the contest. Well, let's break it down. I want to break it down issue by issue. Yeah, and that's, here and this is, I, that's the first issue I was going to break down. There, there's the <laughs> issue of is it is it ethical to enter a competition that you own and profit from? That's issue number one. Is there any wrongdoing there? Two, the, the second issue, I think, is that um, if you are t- – was the judging fair and accurate – uh, right. Let's start all, uh, with that one. And I think that's – and the other is, it, is this whether or not it was ethical or whether or not the judging was fair and accurate. If you own a conference and you want to foster participation in the competition portion of it, is this the best way to go about doing right. that? And I think those kind of are the three issues, the three main issues. And I think if well, we counselor, pick up I want to I want to start with, with issue no, – the first one you just mentioned, which I think is the big one. And because I heard people knocking this around, you know, they're saying, well, you know, well, you pick the judges, you set the criteria, the judges obviously recognize your work, so it's not fair. I want to go on record and say that I absolutely do not think that in, that there was in any way that there was any back, I, I just, I have no reason to believe, you know, that anything like that went on. So I think let's all just cool our jets a little bit, uh, you know, on that one. Settle your hash. You know, there's other, there, there's plenty of things to talk about here. But we have absolutely no no reason to accuse him or the judges of in any way colluding or no doing collusion. Any, or, or, yeah or doing anything backhanded. No I, 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 we have we have absolutely no proof of that, and I don't think that there's and, and that's just piling on. In my opinion, you know, that's people get worked up and they just keep piling on. I think there's enough here to talk about without having to talk about that. If the guy well, had, I, you know, if he had never won an award at anything else he ever did. Okay, but he's won a boatload at other things. Uh, so I, you know, and I don't. I have no reason. And many judge, many judges, the judges who judge almost every competition are also in the competition. And I mean, this happened. Every every competition is that way. So I don't think the whole issue of was it was it underhanded. I, I don't think that's an issue. I got two things to say about this. One is I know personally most of the judges involved in this competition, and I would be absolutely blown away if there had been any kind of um, unfairness um, and anything untoward that happened in the competition. I can also say that one of the arguments was from several people was that, well, if you know Sal, you know what his work looks like, right? And if you know, and if you're a member at the conference, he's got several companies that have booths. His work is in a lot of places. He's got a very specific kind of dark and dreamy style to his work. And I would say that... um, First of all, even if as a judge, sometimes an image is going to come up where you're pretty sure you know who made it, but it doesn't mean that you can't judge it objectively unless you have specific knowledge of that specific image being made and you don't feel like that you can judge it fairly, then you disqualify yourself. However, I can judge an image and I do for friends when they send me images to to ask me what I think that they might submit. 
I, I can judge that image fairly and give them a score. Now, if I were to have that specific knowledge and see that image come up when I was on a judging panel, I would, of course, disqualify myself. Not because I don't have the ability to judge that image accurately, even if I have specific knowledge of the maker, but because if someone were to find out, I would want to avoid the very appearance of any impropriety. In cases like this, when you're trying to, when the public's view of your brand, of your business, of your competition, of your event is on the line, it do, no, no amount of your attitude and no amount of your being right is going to make up for the fact that you're not going to get the chance to sit down and explain to every all of the 2,200 people that were at your conference what happened. It's better to avoid the issue from that standpoint. However, I would believe all the judges did their job. And the second part is I saw the images as I looked through the galleries and the awards his images were pretty, pretty freaking great. Right, and I don't know, you know, like those images. If they, if they came up in front of me, not knowing who the maker was on on a panel for PPA judging, they would have all scored incredibly high. Yeah, I have no, I have no, I have no reason to believe anything like that happened. So for me, that's a non-issue. However, I, perception is the issue. Perception is the issue, and whether or not it's just a smart thing to do. You know, and and in this instance, what I find mo- to me what's most fascinating about this is um, that he's defending himself. That right. he that he's not pulling a United Airlines and saying we're so sorry, even though legally we were right. That he's just not going to defend himself. He's not. Def- he's defending. He's doing. He's defending himself. He's saying, of course I entered, and I'd enter again, and why wouldn't I enter? And I would think that it, that after a day or two of this, he would be like, you know what. It was a bone. I, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't enter my own contest. Sorry about that. I won't do it again. Because the bigger issue is I don't want to affect the status of this money maker that I've got called Shutterfest. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, that's that's the point. That brings <laughs> us to the third overall issue: is is this the is this the best way to bring attention to your conference? If if I tell you what, the perceptions. If you go to Shutterfest, this is my first time. But you walk in the door. If you're part of it, let me tell you: if you don't know who Sal is walking in the door, by the time you leave, you know who. He is and you know that Shutterfest is his baby and you know that it's his conference and that he's got his finger on every single part of it and you know that um, there's no doubt who's who's running it uh, or or who's you know who's the guy at the top when this thing comes down so everybody there's no way you could go through a Shutterfest in my opinion and not know who Sal is when you come out the other side of it and so for that type of perception he's very much in the perception of the people who attend the conference linked with it and so if there's some sort of – this kind of negativity for all the people that are speaking up about it, there's ten times as many people that are saying nothing and forming their own opinion and then just might not come right. or might not compete or, or will act on their opinion based on the thoughts that they don't share with anybody. And I think that those are the people you have to worry about. I've seen a ton of comments on the Shutterfest group on Facebook and other places that in support of Sal and saying, if you can't take it, stop being a snowflake and all that stuff. And I've seen that. And, and look, you may be right. You may be, you may be wrong. I, I don't really care. But for me, I'm thinking of it from a business standpoint. And if is this the kind of press that it is bad, negative press that ends up being good, that brings attention to what you're doing? Or is this something to where a bunch of people next year might just go, oh, I'm not going to enter or yeah. attend because yeah, obviously yeah. this, you know? Hey, Kanye, it's a free country and you have a right to stand up and say that Taylor did deserve that uh, MTV award, but it's not a good idea for your brand. <laughs> Although, <laughs> you, you know, that's, it's like, it's, so maybe you don't want to do it. And that's, yeah, and that, I, you know, that's that's my thing, you know. And I read the thing he wrote. He, one of the things he said was, uh, you know, he didn't do it the first two years. He didn't participate. 
you know. Uh, well, the wording was very specific. It was like, I held off for two years. <laughs> and, 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 and it implies that I, I deserve to be there. It's right for me to be there and do these things. And I did you a favor by not entering. Because, you know what I mean? And oh, it I don't know a, that it implies that. I, I, feel, I feel like it implies that, that, it, that it's obviously – I think that if we get to issue number two, because I think we agree that we know that most of the judges – Yeah, the there's, process, just, I, I, there's just no evidence. There's just no right. evidence. And and it was a blind judging, and so I don't obviously I, I think the judges probably did a great job. The scores seem pretty accurate, and I would have scored those images very high myself if I'd seen them, and I wouldn't have known that they were his because I just don't really know Sal. Um, but the day the the second issue that we have is the ethical issue. Is it ethical to do this? And I think that this is where most I think that I haven't seen a single comment calling out judges negatively or calling out the process negatively. But I have seen many, many comments questioning the ethical nature of making the decision to compete in a competition where you are the recipient of the profits from that competition. Yes. And now, again, that also is touching, is sort of adjacent to, linked to the morality uh, or the, um, the, the fairness of the judging. So if we agree that's fair, then we agree that Technically, there's probably nothing ethically wrong with entering your own competition that you happen to, to profit from. However, I think that the, um, the, the, the perspective of people from the outside is the thing that's going to hurt the most. Well, let me say this. Somebody had, I saw somebody wrote, um, Tiger Woods hosts a golf tournament and he plays in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so that, but, you know, to which my argument back to that would be yes, but it's not a judged golf tournament you know if you know right. it's a, that's a straight performance there can be no denying who got the most the fewest number of shots it's not judged and right, with the judge thing you open yourself golf. up to who selects the judges oh well there's a panel and who selects the people on the panel are you in a position to select people on the panel who favor your type of work which i mean even <clears throat> subconsciously or whatever you know i mean if you have an opinion about what you think is good and you think your stuff is good then that opinion is going to permeate out from you and infect everything that you are in charge of you know and even though you don't mean for it to it's going to and so it's just i just don't think it's a good idea you know yeah I think that there's there's a couple of sub issues inside this, and one of the issues, one of the things that I noticed, and in fact, I, the staff told me this at Shutterfest. Somebody on the staff said that about four, about half, forty nine percent of people who attend Shutterfest, it's their first photography conference ever, and I would say that um, it is very obvious that the there are more probably the ratio of people who are newer to the photography industry and newer to photography in general general is higher at Shutterfest. And I think it's an excellent place for them because of all the shooting and portfolio building it allows them to do. I think that's one of the reasons that new people are attracted to it um, because the, the, the main focus of the larger part of the conference is to shoot, 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 and there's shoots going on all day, every day. So with people who are there, if if you have an over amount, overabundance of new people, and then you're going to have somebody who is an experienced, who's won pretty much every award you can win at every other photographic competition that matters in the world, like Sal has. He's one of the. He, I mean, he's very highly awarded photographer. He's won more awards at WPPI last year, I think, than anybody. You know, I think. I mean, it's a pretty. It's, he's got a pretty impressive resume of wins in competition, and so I think one of the sub issues was. Is it right to get to wade into a group of that's largely made up of new young beginners in the industry, not necessarily young in age, and then just 
lay the hammer down. Yeah, know? right? I mean, yeah, you don't I don't go and enter my pictures in the Rotary Club contest for the best picture of summer. I don't <laughs> you know, that's I'm not going to go in there. That's not you know, that's it's not for me. You know, it's it's for right. Well, uh, I there's a comment here from the uh, Shutterfest Facebook page that uh, reads, and I won't give away this person's name because I don't know him, but um, it says, It's like if an adult held a coloring workshop for fifth graders, then charged them to enter a coloring contest, then entered themselves and won. When you're positioning and marketing yourself as an industry leader, inviting people to come learn from you, and then competing against them, it smacks of egoism. Yeah. And I don't know that I agree or disagree. Again, that's just a quote. Um, I think that that's pretty scathing, and I think we have a few comments even on our page that are that are similar. Um, but is it that if the intent is – do you think that the intent was to go in there and just have and, – and self-glorify? Or do you believe that – is it an intent? Because this is a guy who <clears> – <throat> I don't think that having a, per, a driven, self-centered – personality and an achievement based personality someone who's very focused and driven on their career and on their craft i i don't think that that person can't be a great mentor and an inspiration also so i don't think somebody necessarily has to be like the humble barefoot preacher to be a great teacher to people so like yes it's possible that he is let's 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 say he's possibly he's kind of self-involved and and an achievement-based aggressive competitive dude and that may be a positive that may be a negative depending on what area of your his life you're talking about but also there are a lot of people who really look up to this guy who have learned a lot from him and i know based on the people i come into contact with that he has mentored a bunch of people to greater success in their art and business so i don't know that being those things are mutually exclusive so i mean but when you put yourself out there and you run a competition and you run a conference, you just open yourself up to criticism because you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you have to be careful about that because it's real easy to start trying to figure out the id of somebody else when you don't even know them. So it's really, I, it's really easy to go, what, is his ego so great that he's got to compete? Well, you don't, that, whoa, you don't need to yeah, go there. Don't you don't know. You don't know why. I mean, it could very easily be that he's trying to build this thing that's something big and he needs big names attached to it. He happens to have a big name. So it <laughs> looks possible. so it looks better if uh, there's a Sal Sincata in it. You know, did Jerry Jonas compete? Uh, did, you know, who else? You know, he needs a big name in the contest. That could be where he was coming from. I don't know where he's coming from. We, it's, but it's I just know that if I'm at Advising you on your business, I'm telling you it's not a good idea. <laughs> it is impossible to judge what someone's motivations are. Yeah. Whether you, whether you know them real well or whether you don't, you know, you cannot – there's no like uh, police evidence kit for someone's intentions. You're just not going to know where they're coming from. And so I think that we, we call that the benefit of the doubt when you just assume someone's yes. doing something for the – somebody who does a lot of good in other ways. And you may or may not like someone's basic personality, the way they do things. But like – you can't judge intention. So you can't say – you can't necessarily call the guy an egomaniac if you don't really know him. And so, right. you know, I think that um, – but what is – I think where you and I are both boiling down to the same issues, I don't think any of it really matters. I don't think it does it, either. I don't th- I don't think it's as big a deal as people are making it out to be. I think it's a small – whatever the reasoning was, whatever why, whatever why he decided to do it um, – it's a learning experience for him, and you know I think the smart move would be to not enter your competition anymore, and that's it. But I don't think anyone was uh, quote unquote screwed by him being in the competition. 
unfortunately, you were just beat by a guy who's one of the best competitors in the world. Right. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> Tiger Woods played in his own tournament. And so, you know, in that way you were screwed, but you could have just as easily been screwed by one of the other great competitors in being in the you know tournament and, and stomping you. Um, so I don't think that you were cheated. Let me put it that way. If I don't you, think anyone was cheated, but I think it's a learning thing for him. If all the images you put into the competition got 75s and 76s, it's not Sal's fault. Yes, it's not Sal's fault. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that being said, if everything got a 75 or a 76 except for Sal, then if he wasn't in the competition, you would have done better in terms of who went. I have a hard time with this anyway because, I, you know, these competitions, I, I've never entered one ever hoping to win, you know. So so I, I, I understand that there, I guess, are people who do. Especially somebody like Sal, I guess, really wants to win. And I meet so many people who really, I really want a loan. I really want a Gia. I really want, uh, and I totally just don't even care about any of that. So it's hard for me to get inside the head of those people. Yes. Um, yeah, but I don't, yeah, I don't think anybody was screwed. I think he just made a, a bad choice, and I predict he won't make it next year. Yeah, I think that you, the problem is, is that you can't, um, it, it, you when you're in business, especially in the business of putting on an event for the public or for the an entire industry, the, the third issue. This is like obviously we believe the judges were fair. I don't believe that there's anything ethically wrong with what he did. Um, I think that he competed, and I think he, based on the images I saw, deserved the awards that he got, at least nearly so. But the the crux of the issue, the third part, to me is. Was this the smartest thing for his business? Right. And is this going to affect Shutterfest? Now, which I think is a great conference. I had a lot of fun at Shutterfest. I really did. And I think that, um, you know, whether or not you agree with anything that the person who runs a thing does, the thing itself, as put on, as as what I saw when I was there, is a good conference. People are learning. People are having a great time. And it's like seventy nine dollars to go for two days. It's wow. Like, it's the least expensive. It's very, very fun, and it's very different than most other conferences. Than almost, it's really it's its own thing. It's its own animal compared to other conferences I've been to. Not necessarily better or worse, but it's definitely got its own vibe, and it's a lot of fun. And you see a lot of friends there, and there are lots of opportunities to shoot and learn. And they get great instructors. Many of the same instructors who teach at WPPI and who teach at Imaging USA and everywhere else. Um, but is this something that is going to I guess we'll have to see next year, possibly. But is this going to hurt the competition? Is ultimately this decision, which I think and was presented as a way to sort of inspire and to challenge and to raise the bar, is this something that's ultimately going to have the negative effect? I mean, is it really – are people going to enter going to think, man, I'm just there and I want to see if I can take down Sal this year? (laughs) Like I'm going to be the guy that's going to knock him off the pedestal. I think think that it will blow over. I think there will be some rumblings from the people who want to rumble next year when this time comes around again. But the whole thing will blow over. You know, I think that – I think it would be much more likely to have sticking power if the guy had never won anything in his life and then suddenly sweeps his own competition. Exactly. <laughs> but that's not the case. And no, I, no. That's I, think, a, that's so a, I think the whole thing will blow over. That's a phenomenal point. Like if the guy was just – he started his, his own conference in competition just so he could finally win something. Exactly. That would know, be that a big would be, deal. <laughs> be like, man, Sal got really good all of a sudden. As a matter of fact, I think yeah. that's, that's actually not a bad idea. Let me write that yeah. down. Let me just make a note about that. We should start our own, the Photobomb competition. Yes, Photobomb Fest. (laughs) And we will only pick judges who really love beach wedding photography shot in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) 
It has to be a beach wedding. It has to be a it beach has to be wedding. Shot with off-camera flash. It yes. has to have been done in less than five minutes. Yes, that's right. That's the category. Whichever one that wins in there. That's gets, right. I don't know that, who would win that. You know, it, it, I think there are a lot of fine competitors out there, but I'm, well, I'm certainly, only I'm certainly going to enter because I feel that you know <laughs> I've been entering for years and I want to enter. And why wouldn't I enter? So I'm certainly going to enter that. And you only allow other photographers to your conference who don't shoot weddings. That's right. We're going to hold it in in, in Youngstown, Ohio, <laughs> and it's going to be beach wedding centric. You have to you have to live within a hundred miles of the conference center, unless unless you own the conference, in which case you can you can come in. Of course. What are we going to call it? Boofest Gate. Boofest Gate. Uh, here's the Boo Gate Fest. Boo Gate Fest. I had something else I was going to say, but now we went off on that little rant. Uh, hey, I want to read some of the comments from our, okay. from our listeners on the Facebook page. Um, let me uh, – for, for some reason, every single person who oh, decided to co- – Oh, before oh, you Jesus. do that, don't right. – hold that thought. I remember what it is. Here's, okay. what, here's what I was thinking about the other day. Wouldn't it be great if we could figure out a way to do these competitions the way that they do the soccer leagues in Europe? Are you familiar with how they do the soccer leagues in Europe? No, please go on. Okay. This is so cool. You know, they have levels. Like, you know, like with, we have the Major League Baseball, and there's Triple A ball, Double A ball. Okay. They have that in soccer. So yeah, you have the Champions League. Right. You know, so, you yeah. have your, so you have your league with, like, you know, you know, Manchester United. And then you have all the way down to, a, to leagues, which are basically pub teams, you know, playing against each other, right? Right. But yeah. they're all part of one big thing. And at the end of every year, if you finish in, like, the top two or three for your league, you're Next year, you play in the league above you, and if or you if finish, you're in the bottom, and if you you're in the bottom, next down, year yeah. you get shifted down. So, in theory, some small team from some small province can, in a couple of years, be playing in the major leagues. If they, you know, if they beat, they they win their they're they're in the top of their thing. They go to the next level. They're in the top there. They go to the next level, and they can boom, boom, boom. They can move right up, and it's happened. There have been teams that have moved up two or three divisions, and then played in the major leagues. And I wonder, wouldn't it be great if we could have some sort of a contest for photographers that kind of worked that way, so that you could come in and compete only against people who were kind of at your level. But then once you got good enough to beat them consistently, you couldn't compete against them anymore. You had to now go against people who were better than you. And You can set that up by, by case score, for example. It's like you take the six images that you entered, and average if the average is like 80, that'll be the bar for like the next level up. So you know what I mean? So like right. you do 80 times 6, which would be 400. No, that wouldn't work. Because then you'd have the guy that would put one or two bad images in his case just to drag his overall score down while still having a great image that wins the award. I'll put some bad images in to drag my score down to keep me in this lower level where I can stop Yeah, but with the, with the way the scores are, 189 is going to make up That's for true. a whole case full of 70, 78s. I would be more and prone then, to say simply, if you have a single image that scores above this, you move to the next level. And if you have a single image that scores above this, the next year, you are at the next level. And then you would move up and down the chain, but then you more people would win, and we all like more winners. Uh, but you know, just out of curiosity, <laughs> everyone gets a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. By the way, that's exactly how dog racing works. Dog racing, uh, they do dog racing is A, B, C, and D is the levels. And if you win a D race, then the next race from the, the next race you have to be in is a C race. And if you come in last in a C race, then you automatically go down to the Ds. So that, and that's yeah. how they do it, and that's how because there's, we, that's there's how almost they no it. way to stay at your level and compete successfully. You have to keep moving up. You have to keep if you're good. You have to move up, and you can't. Or stay you can at just level. chill like chill like us and just be down at the bottom. You know, like hanging out or just not compete else. at all. 
<laughs> and make fun yeah. of everyone. <laughs> that's the largest group of people, and that's that's the, I think they drink the most. I tell you what, let's write all these ideas down, and we'll send an email to Rich Newell, uh, the IPC manager, and we will carbon copy uh, the president of PPA, and we'll make. Let sure me tell you, because if there's one thing the folks at the PPA love, it's when I start giving them ideas for how to run shit. Yeah, <laughs> they, they love that. They sit, they sit around. They're like, "Hey, has Bure called this week to tell us how to run our organization correctly?" You no, know what you should do? Check is, in with him would, and make sure he's okay. Because you know, every week, I just, I really like to hear from Bure and Gary telling us exactly how we should be running our organization, yeah. which is the second I, oldest one in the world. <laughs> we love, we love their ideas. That's why we put them on so many important committees. Uh, the David Trust, the CEO of PPA, has a little has a little red phone on his desk that only rings when you call. <laughs> yes, him. when I call. And then he jumps out the window of the twenty second floor yes. of the Peachtree Center to try to avoid yes. you. When he gets a new executive assistant, he gives him the rules. You know, never let the temperature go above seventy seven degrees in my office. Always make sure I have a diet coke first thing in the morning. And if Bure Perry calls, you put him straight through to me, no matter what I'm doing. That's basically <laughs> the three rules that David Trust has uh, there as the president of PPA. <laughs> I right, read some of the comments off of the uh, Facebook page. Uh, uh, I actually wish that I had a Boo phone. I want a special. Yes. I want a cell phone that only, only, only has one number programmed in it, and that's yours. <laughs> there you go. Have the Boo, the Boo phone. I'll get you one of those. Oh, that'd be great. So let me read some of these comments on our page. Um, Lucas Seawar writes: It's ethically improper to participate in any kind of contest, raffles, etc. If you are or the organizer of such an event. Don't care what the rules say. Oh, well, too late now to fix it. The consequences of his decision to participate might end up turning away future participants in submitting their work. People love drama and will be saying that the event is biased and not worth spending money. That's an interesting thought. That's one of the things I think that we sort of covered, um, just sort of how people perceive it, whether or not it's actually technically okay with the rules. And I think that's uh, – at the end of the day, though, it's his show, isn't it? Yeah, like he can it do is. whatever the heck he wants. I think our, bo- I think our bottom line is that we do not think – we do not think that there was a conflict, but we do feel that it has the perception of a possible conflict, and therefore you probably shouldn't do it. But I don't. Okay. But I. But both of us, neither one of us. I don't. I don't actually believe that he won anything because he is his thing. I don't think that. that no, happened. I mean, from what I saw, everything deserved what it got. Yeah, so I, don't I mean, think, I don't, I don't it seemed pretty happened. accurate. In fact, I think that. Um, Somebody had mentioned to me that some of the images of his of Sal's that scored in the competition actually scored lower than they had at another competition. There you go. So maybe the judging is even harder at Shutterfest for some reason. Kathy McCop, sorry, I'm going to butcher your name, Kathy. Kathy McCopaday writes, I think that he should have followed the advice of his team and not entered. And I do not know. This is me talking now. I don't know whether or not this person has any inside knowledge. It seems. Yeah, like that's might, the first time I heard that yeah, too. Yeah. Um, even if it is technically allowed under the rules, it is ethically questionable. It is also short-sighted as the owner of a competition to win some prizes this year but possibly ruin the chances of making it a successful and respected, a successful and respected competition in the coming years. It really diminishes trust in the fairness and integrity of the entire event. I want to say a couple of things. One, I do not know this person at all, and they may or may not have inside knowledge as to what the staff did or did not say we don't know that we're not backing that up we're just reading comments from our facebook page the second is i was told that um uh he did not accept the prizes just the trophy for the first place and the grand award or whatever that the prizes he actually it, it did not he did not actually take those so I, I don't know whether or not that's true that's just what i was told 
Um, John Burridge writes in Rojas's quote, Rojas, speaking of Jeff Rojas, who was interviewed for the article that, about this on our Facebook page, um, Rojas's quote is a weird one. He seems to defend and condemn at the same time when he says you'd have to have a head under a rock to not recognize one of Sincata's images, but also says he didn't recognize any of his images. Also, this doesn't help Sal, but he's never looked too trustworthy just from a demeanor standpoint. He's got an impish look to him that just doesn't help. But I, but See, I this is the kind of thing that – this is what I'm talking about where it's like we don't have to go there, you know? know. We, we don't like, have to get into the whole thing. You know, I think he looks like the devil. And I, think, I, I think, John, thank you for listening to the show. <laughs> That's a little rough. Yes, a little it's just not necessary. First of all, uh, I don't think Sal looks impish. And uh, two, uh, I only met him briefly at Shadowfest, and he was very, very nice to me. And that's all that I know about it, so I have no idea. But um, Do you find – let me ask you this. Do you find the culture of, um, the culture of stardom in our world – to be strange. I mean, do you think you go to the plumbers convention and there's a couple of plumbers who can't walk through the trade show because people are going to stop them and want to take their pictures with them? I absolutely do. <laughs> I shoot conferences all the time and that is absolutely the case. Really? There's there are and, rock star plumbers. It, Every 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 conference, no matter what industry, every industry specific conference has its rock stars that people are like, oh my god, they're uh, have you seen them? They're, oh my god, their plumbing business is huge. Accountants, attorneys, doctors, salespeople, medical supply, whatever. Every convention they have like the rock stars and the people who just can't walk through the trade show without a hundred people saying hi to them. I'm telling you, it's, I it's, find it's, the whole thing the, interesting because there's the the marriage of the business side of photography. Photography and the craft of photography, married with the artistic side and rock star side, I find to be very interesting because it's the artistic side that attracts that sort of you know groupy mentality and rock star status, not the business side. Because you can have they will the crowd will trample right over the guy doing a half a million dollars in school sales every year to get to the person who takes the wonderful photographs for and and and, and does all this work for competition but Who's actually doesn't have but yeah, yeah but doesn't have any clients actually <laughs> buying those uh, said photographs i'm not saying those people that's the case i'm just saying that you know because that's the artistic side that's the it, do, it is you a, know that's the salvador dali side yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a very interesting uh, juxtaposition uh, between the two different sides of photography, I will like to say, however, that I'm really interested in hanging out with a guy or gal yeah, makes the half million on the school who's got the sexiest looking tax return. That's what I want. Right. That's and and that's me. I mean, I like that stuff, but I personally, I just like, oh yeah, that's a nice picture, but I don't see it and go, oh, I want to be able to do that. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, any more than I see, you know, somebody who does a sculpture and I want to do that. It's I'm such, like, a, it's such cool, a guy mentality. I think men can, t- can tend to approach it differently because it's almost like they're. I forget who the stand-up comedian was, but they were talking about uh, groupies at rock shows. Like, you got all these beautiful women lined up to go backstage and, like, meet Steven Tyler. But you don't see a bunch of dudes lined up at a Britney Spears concert to go meet Britney Spears. It's like, act- because actually the girl over there selling popcorn is pretty cute. And right. She's probably a lot. she's probably a lot easier to talk to. <laughs> I think, you know, it's just, it's just interesting to me um, because I also think, and here, let me throw this statement out there and you tell me if you think there could be any truth to it. I also think, that the more you are infatuated with the rock star photographers, photographers, the less likely you are to be working full time and making a good living. As yeah, a I think you're focusing on the wrong thing. Right, for because sure. because like, once you are working full time and making a good living as a photographer, you have less energy to pursue the I want to take I want to take uh, do sh- pictures like 
Ben Shirk or whatever. You know, you don't have the, as much energy for that. There are some people who still do. There are some people who have very successful businesses and still are just, oh, they want to spend all this time to create something fantastic. I get that. Incidentally, but I, think that I would number- also put – as an aside, I gotta, I gotta say, I will put Ben Shirk in that category of somebody who does both. Just, just there you go. Yeah, there you go. I mean, they, they, like I said, they're out there, but I think that that pool gets smaller the more successful you become in your business because you simply uh, would rather take a day off. I think it. Really, but when you it don't really have a business that's doing, business when you don't have a business that's doing really well, or you're not really, you're not really, or you're just starting your business, you want to do photography twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and so this is you're so excited about doing this really fancy photography. But once you're doing it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I just want a day off. And I'm, I don't have the power to muster for doing that. And there are some who still do, you know, but I think I, that there's a smaller number. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that you're, you're right, but I think it depends on the business model. If you've got somebody with a very high-end, you know, business that shoots 70 sessions a year and basically is working, you know, working high dollar, low volume. You and I both shoot relatively high volume, which means that we're shooting a lot. Like I'm doing... 12 to 15 sessions a week, you know, and so like the last thing I want to do on a Saturday or a Sunday or in an evening is to uh, set up one more damn shoot. <laughs> so, yeah. But if I would, but if I had a boutique business model and I was doing $5,000, $6,000 or more portrait sales and shooting, you know, 50 sessions a year, I would go like, hey, well, you know, maybe I will set up something and, ma- you know, so I could still be in the business making good money, but not all my time would be filled. I think what we might be talking about is the nature of someone who is just shooting their butt off like you and I do. Right. And I think we spend a lot. But uh, let me get a couple more comments real quick. Um, Deborah Bell writes, I think it's definitely a conflict when you enter your own contest, blind judging or not, and especially when there are prizes at play. And to compare to PPA or WPPI should also equate it to holding by their rules. Essentially, he's comparing apples to oranges. That brings me to an interesting question. You know Rich pretty well, Rich Newell, who's the IPC manager, because of your involvement with the IPC. Is he, do you know if he's allowed to compete or not? Because I know that he does not compete. I know, or, that's not true, he does. At IPC, he yes, does? yes, uh, he, he, I know he, well, I know he competed at um, at a district competition this year, and I know because he put a wedding album in, and it did not merit. Well, I, I know that he competed <laughs> at, at, at yeah. district, but I'm not sure whether or not he actually yeah. sends him. Although I will, but tell you, but was, again, but again, Rich runs IPC, but he does not have anything to do with the selection of the IPC committee and the committee that picks the judges. That's the right. board. That's the board of director. He's, well, he's just also a, a, he's, a he's a nuts and employee he, of the PPA, well, right? And he's but he's a nuts and bolts man. He's the guy who makes the makes the trains run on time at the IPC. But he doesn't have anything to do with uh, the rules of the IPC or who the judges are or the training of the judges or any of that stuff. It's all completely done by the board of directors on down. So now, the, in addition to that, also it's not like some it's not like Rich makes more money if more people enter. Yes, and that's a very big thing to say. No, he doesn't make more money if more people enter. Enter, and if he enters, he doesn't get that money back. Right. <laughs> it's not like, okay, okay, good point. Yes. Uh, Carol Deanna writes, I see both sides. He did say last year he was going to enter, so it's not like it was a surprise or he bamboozled ah. anyone. That's an interesting point. He did say in a, a year in advance he was going to do it. It makes, my, makes me roll my eyes a bit, but I find the comp really helpful since they give feedback on each and every image. I saw a few of Sal's images come up, and he got dings and lots of critiques as well, which I also found helpful. I don't think he had any unfair advantage since it was judged fairly and blind, but it's a little, like I said, eye-rolling. Like, really? Maybe 
compete but only enter one or two images. That might be a happy middle ground or just compete everywhere else since it has rubbed a lot of people so wrong, screaming how, quote, unethical it is. Okay, that was rambling. LOL. Love, Carol. You You're know, I'm just scary. saying, if, she you're didn't write to, that if you're real. trying to attract new people to your <laughs> conference and then the new person comes to the conference and then he comes home and tells his friends about it and he goes, yeah, I went to this new conference. It was really cool. It was put on this by this guy. His pictures were everywhere and his name was everywhere and there was a contest and he won every award. <laughs> right. That, you, know, you know, if you're hearing that, you'd be like, oh, he won every award at his own contest? Well, that right. doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, hey, he's really, really good. It, yeah, I'm sure he is, but that just, I mean, that seems weird. At this, at this point, the mechanics of it, the behind the scenes, if given completely to say that it's 100% fair and accurate and nothing untoward went on, it doesn't change the fact how people are questioning yes. how it looks. Perception is reality. So Scott Heed writes in, I'm torn on this. One on, on one hand, it elevates the competition. If you can't beat Sal, then you need to work on it and know that. It's blind judging and pretty fair. On the other hand, it's tough knowing how much he won and he gets to keep the prizes. Side note, which we actually know now that he did not keep the prizes. I entered this competition and it was my first and didn't score well, but I learned a ton. And that is the real goal for most. But I can see how the top finishers would be upset being bumped a spot by him for the prizes. Yeah. That's interesting. So yeah. we do not know exactly what's happened to prizes. We just know that Sal didn't take the prizes, so everybody relax about that. But it's a good point, to Scott, to say that um, the people who pr- might have been the most incensed were if you came in second place to, right. to, you know, to Sal's first well, place. Well, Sal defended that online. He said, you know, if you came in second place, you really want to now be first place. You want me to give up the award and give it to you? Would you feel good about that? Well, no. I don't think you that's the case. You wouldn't, I think you, wouldn't feel good. I, you wouldn't feel good about it. But it's – but. But it's so that's not necessarily a good point either. But it's just, I mean, it all comes back to the same thing. Don't right. don't enter your own contest. Yeah. <laughs> it's just and a, then, um, really <laughs> we're devoting an entire podcast to talking about this dude. Do you want you know <laughs> <laughs> that tells you right there that it's probably not a good idea. We're not going to be the only ones who's talking about it. Yeah. Uh, Karen White writes in last comment from a legal standpoint. Anyone who stands to gain financially from a contest or competition shouldn't enter. That's just common sense. But Sal has always been quite the drama queen, so the attention for Shutterfest just keeps on going and going. So that's uh, that's pretty. Uh, that's I don't know about the name calling. I'm not into that at all. Uh, again, this guy is a polarizing figure, largely probably because he's visible and successful, and that, and that draws a lot of attention in general, good or bad. But I think that uh, the bottom line is, I think we agree that. Nothing was nothing wrong was done, but it probably wasn't the smartest move as far as business. However, there is there are quite a few people talking about this, which can't necessarily be all a bad thing for Shutterfest. Like no, people, all, they say all publicity is good publicity. Is it one of those things like if it's like people will be paying more attention next year, and more people will go and want to sit in just to see what happens? Maybe. I remember last year when the bull got loose and killed 14 people at Imaging USA on the trade floor. I said, I said, I well, said. Mildly injured two people, although, come on now. 36 people went to the hospital on the trade floor. And there was a fire. People. And there was a fire. And I said at that time, this is going to be great. And they're like, this a, a is th- terrible. And I thousand- said, no, because everyone's going to be talking about this. A thousand nuns shepherding pregnant orphans lost their lives that day. It was tragic. It was, it was tragic. Awful. And uh, no, there's a, and you can donate to the memorial. Said. There is a there is a page set up to donate to the memorial. <clears throat> yeah, pregnantnuns.com. Now, um, the uh, they the, were pregnant. The, uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back that they were pregnant nuns that, that were escorting the, the orphans. 
pregnant orphans. Nuns were also pregnant. Don't know what's going on. The orphans and the nuns were pregnant both at the same time that were killed. So it's like a triple homicide. Yeah, quadruple Quadruple homicide homicide when you kill the pregnant nun and the pregnant pregnant orphan. Wow. What what are the odds that they would actually be in the trade show? Walking by right at that moment? At Imaging USA. A thousand of them. When the bull got got loose. It was a thousand. Now, was was it... all together was like 500 nuns, 500 orphans. It was it was a field trip. Yeah, it's a field trip. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> What's the name of the monastery in uh, San Antonio where the uh, pregnant nuns and the pregnant orphans? Oh, are? oh yes, yes. That's uh, Saint Ignatius's home for pregnant orphans and also pregnant <laughs> nuns. The way this, I don't know, it's so clear. It's Saint Ignatius's home for pregnant orphans. Oh, and, no, I'm sorry. And also, and also pregnant nuns. And also pregnant nuns. The, 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 the and also is the part that I like. The and also pregnant nuns. Like, like they, they already put the sign up and then they're like, oh, they crap, just, we forgot. And, they went, and, added, oh, and also pregnant nuns. Do you ever put anything on with masking tape and write it Sharpie? So it's got a really beautiful sign and then just masking. One of the nuns got pregnant one time and so they and just like, put masking tape and put and also pregnant nuns. We have to act like this was our idea. <laughs> like, like we meant for the nuns to also be pregnant when we, when we opened up this orphanage for pregnant orphans. <laughs> All right, so let's. Uh, I want to fit, wrap up. This, this is my favorite very, part of the show. This is much more interesting than everything we've talked about yeah, up until now. We should have been recording for the ha- the thirty minute long uh, uh, Star Trek uh, conversation we had before we went on air, which would the be prime directive, the prime directive. Yes, to yes. You and I. The prime directive and, is a piece of crap, and I'm prepared okay. to defend it. So the world famous Savannah Butler comes in late, right under the wire, with the the comment to round it out and uh, finish out the topic. A couple of things to note. There weren't cameras given away as prizes. Sal made a tongue-in-cheek comment on his page that he received a $50,000 red video camera as a joke, saying something along the lines of, quote, this will turn into I want a camera, quote, quote, which is exactly what happened. It is interesting to me how much Sal is reacting to all these comments. If you love your haters and this doesn't really matter, then why all the posts? It seems to me that this does really matter to him. I think that's an interesting point. Of course it matters because people are talking about you good or bad, but – um, it's got, especially as a business person, and his, you know, this the, this event is on the line. It definitely matters that people what people are saying because you you don't have to love what they're saying or even care about what they're saying, but what they're saying could definitely affect your bottom line. Do you know what I mean? Do you um do you find now that you are quite famous, Gary Hughes? <laughs> do you find um do you find that you encounter more people who are critical of you? And how does that affect you? Does it bother you more? You know, it's interesting when I go to conferences and I'm starting to have the experience where people know who I am who I've never met. And that's right. relatively a new thing. That's and I will tell you, That's yeah, right there. It's happened. Use. It's happened. I will tell you this. It's interesting phenomenon is that people won't tell you the truth to your face. No. Like – Everybody will just come up to you and say, like, if you give a presentation, nobody comes up and says, that was pretty good. It was a little dull in the middle, and I really think that you should maybe uh, pace less. You know, people will just come up and go, good job. Or they'll, they'll – I like that. I mean? That's what I want you to do. I don't, I don't want you to come give me unsolicited advice on how I yeah. can fix my program. Yeah, yeah. Shut, <laughs> shut your stupid face. Yeah, shut your cake hole. Tell me I did good and buy me a drink. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, shut your. If I want to, I'm just saying. I will ask awesome. you, and, and there are people who I will ask, and most people who come up and ask me, I do ask them. I'm like, no, seriously, was there anything you didn't like? Because I'm trying to get this better. I mean, come on, you got you you got to hate the guy who comes right at you and goes, oh, you know, I thought that was pretty good. Pretty much validates everything I've been doing. Or you yeah, know, well, I, yeah, if it was me, who, I would take the center section out. Or the, somebody the who comes who up to you and says, you know, just out of the blue, let's say you go to I don't know Orlando and you do your program, and then right after you do it, somebody, a good friend of yours, comes right up to you and the first thing he says is well I maybe would spend a little bit less time on that part where you talk about yeah. common core yeah. I mean some a-hole does that to you doesn't that just set you off for the rest of the day yeah screw validation guy <laughs> and everybody the next time you go up to a speaker and go yeah it was really good just let me know that I'm already doing all the right things thanks yes. for that presentation I know you hate yes. that yes yeah, screw you okay say nothing or keep your mouth shut. There's no way you knew everything that I said. Okay, so here's and, my question. Though back to my question, which you, and you said, which you said, people won't tell you to your face. But but my question is, you you must hear back channel. You must hear sometimes that well, you know, th- this person thinks that uh, Gary Hughes is a little uppity, or well, uh, yeah. Gary Hughes is a little this, or Gary Hughes is a little full of himself. And how does that affect you when you hear it? You know, it's it's uh, it's funny because I think the important thing is to keep balance. Like somebody like as visible as like a Sal Sincato or like a, a Sue Perry. Price or a Jerry Gionis or a Boo Ray Perry. I think the important <laughs> thing is is that one you got to realize we're photographers. We're not mm. curing cancer or putting men on the moon. So everybody, calm down. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, two is that it's important to. Uh, to to take everything that you hear feedback and put it through like a filter and not necessarily take it all to heart. I think the third and most important thing is to keep mentors in your life who will tell you the truth and keep close friends close to you who will tell you the truth and tell you when you're being a jerk and tell you when you talk too much and people who will take you down a peg when you're getting a little uppity and people who will give you honest critique about the things that you do when you need it because we all need honest feedback. Here's an image I'm thinking about putting in a competition. What do you think? Here's my slideshow for my presentation. What do you think? It's and my subpoena out. Yeah, it's my, my, it's my subpoena hanging out. Um, you have to keep a good amount of honest close people to you uh, just a few real good folks your inner circle who are going to be honest with you who know you well and who aren't just going to tell you what you want to hear all the time you still haven't really answered my question though does it bother you have you ever have you ever heard through a channel oh well such and such said that they didn't like you or such and such said you were a little up you know big for your you know they thought you were whatever have you ever heard that through a back channel and been like oh man you know does it make you feel are you just like eh I hear I hear things about myself um, all the time, but at this, you know, I don't care. Like I care about the people that are close to me. When somebody that matters to me, if my if my wife or my close friends are are being critical of me, that's when I, I get I take it to heart because I listen I, to the people that I listen to and the people who I know will be truthful. Because um, guess what? I mean, if you're putting yourself out there, you're not going to have a hundred percent success no, rate of popularity. You cannot, no, that's, see, that's <laughs> you know? the thing you have to know about that. Somebody comes to me and says, oh, you know, I heard such and such say that uh, they thought that you were blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, at least they know who I am. I can't help that. You know, I can't. if you think if you're going to if you think everybody's going to love you, you that's never going to happen. It's At just least simply I mattered never enough going to, to them for, to, for them to form an opinion about me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Hey, great. You know, hey, I must be important if somebody who doesn't even know me is forming an opinion about me. Wow. My, fav- my favorite response if somebody's like, ah, so what do you think about this person? I go, I actually don't think about that person. <laughs> <laughs> At all. At all. Oh, you know? man. But it's true. You can't please everybody. You know? No, you cannot. No, you cannot. So uh, anyway, so I think that's a pretty good topic. Recap. Everything seemed on the up and up. There's no seems like there's no ethical wrongdoing. Three, probably not the best business move, but it actually might turn out to be something that 
brings more attention to it. Yeah. Who knows? Bottom line is, everybody calm down. It's none of our damn business. And I think that that's pretty much where I sit. All right. Uh, coming up June 5th in at the Lake Point State Park Resort in Eufaula, Alabama, I will be doing an entire day of teaching. Go to ppma.net and uh, come see me at the Masters of Light conference. It's going to be a fantastic conference. Also, uh, good friends of the show, uh, Kara Derberry and Linda Long will be there teaching as well. Uh, it's going to be a party, and you're not going to be there, Gary Hughes, and uh, we're going to be oh, sad no. to miss you. Uh, Are you guys road road tripping out there together? That well, no, really they fun. they will probably because they both live in Tallahassee. But I'm just going to drive, and we're not going to be and like there's not there's an overlap. Like they have to be there before me because they're judging, and I think I have to be there after them because I teach later or something. I don't know what it is, uh, but we'll be there. Like there's a, like a day or two of overlap. Also coming up June 30th, uh, IPC Live stream the IPC.org stream the IPC.org. That's kind of annoying. Stream the IPC.org for IPC Live August 3rd uh, that week there and then coming up uh, September 29th through October 2nd the Exposed Convention my favorite name for an convention at the Jekyll Island Conference Center go to gppa.com and come see me there coming up September 9th through the 11th it's going to be Focus with Gary Hughes and Photobomb Live I'm really excited for us to go back to focus, man. It's going to be a great co- – what a lineup they got this year. It's we going do. to be Jared Platt, Lindsey Adler. It's going to be some amazing, amazing instructors. It's going to be really fun, and I recommend highly that you go to areyouinfocus.com, check it out, and register as soon as possible because it's awesome. I don't think registration's quite open yet, but it will be very soon. What about you? Also, what have you got coming up? Uh, just a couple. Like Obviously, I don't have like a, you know, a crazy – 40 foot scroll of uh of events like you do but in june if you want to see me uh speak in june i'll be doing a headshot intensive for the san diego ppa at the university of san diego california that's june 13th go to ppsdcc.com and at june 19th i will be teaching the business of headshot photography in austin texas for the austin ppa um if you want all the links to all those events for both bure and myself and everywhere we're going to be and everything we're going to do forever and ever and ever just go to photobombpodcast.com and right on the home page is a whole list of where we're going to be and you can check us out there also let me say that if you live in florida and you listen to the podcast and you're not a member of a local affiliate you can come see me in a local affiliate um just contact me and i'll let you know where i'm going to be because i'm going to be in fort myers lakeland west palm and miami before the year is out i'm basically hitting awesome. every single <laughs> every single uh, guild in the state of florida uh, on the run-up to uh, imaging usa january 14th you got to road test your new stand-up, yes, man. I'm road testing the stand-up. <laughs> uh, you can find us online at photobombpodcast.com. You can send us emails. Just send it to questions at photobombpodcast.com. You can go to our Facebook page, which is where most everything happens, facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. Pretty easy to find. Uh, you can just Google it there on uh, Facebook and find us. And I think that's it. Is there anything else you would need to add? No, 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 nothing. No. No, nothing. I'm what good. are we going to call our conference that that I want to where you have to be a beach wedding photographer who shoots at sunset to win? Boogate Fest. Boogate Fest. Because <laughs> it's going to be controversial as hell. <laughs> I like the Saint Ignatius Home for Pregnant Orphans and, and also, also and, also, and also pregnant ones. Fest. Fest. <laughs> <laughs>